Christmas is only 11 days away, and our family, of which you've seen a couple members this morning, uh, we're getting ready for our next family road trip, and uh, you may know what family road trips are like. Um, we took one this past June to D.C., and it was a very interesting time. Um, it was a little stressful because we had this window of time in between when our kids got out of school. We were like, you know what, we don't want them to miss school, so like in school till 3 o'clock, but then like 26 hours later in D.C. we need to be at an event. We really need to be there. We really want to be there. So like how do we do this and not, you know, how do we get some sleep in the middle of this and not hate ourselves by the end of the time? And So it's just like a, you know, a puzzle to figure out. So we had this plan. We're like, all right, pick up our kids, end of school, 3 o'clock, boom, get on the road and stop at a hotel. We'll book the hotel in advance exactly pretty much halfway in between Chicago and D.C. and it's right off the interstate and everything and we'll get there in time to get some sleep and then we'll get up and, you know, continental breakfast and things like that and, and then we'll make it on time um, with maybe a little bit of, of a cushion. And, um, you know, as these things go, the plan wasn't working out uh, and, um, and, it, and it was getting late and we weren't at, you know, it was like way too long at Chick-fil-A to like get the process moving, get back on the road, and you know, and, um, and it was just kind of like, and then, and then, uh, and then it gets dark, and we're in a construction zone in the middle of Ohio, and our kids are kind of sleeping, and Laura and I are feeling tired, and it's kind of like, what's the deal? And so, you know, I did what I had to do, and I pressed on the gas pedal. <laughs> You know what I'm talking about? <laughs> We're just like, all right. I want this construction zone sleepy reality to be behind me. I want to get a few hours of sleep. Um, the plan needs to keep, keep going, you know. And then, as it says in verse 5, the light shines in the darkness. <laughs> and the darkness has not overcome it. So... The darkness of the minivan was exposed. <laughs> My flaws and imperfections were laid bare before the red and the blue <laughs> and the strobing. <laughs> and I was experiencing in that moment what, what many of us experience on a regular basis. And that is a, a correcting power. Power was drawing near into my life to correct me and to expose what was wrong with me. And it did not feel good at all. A correcting power exposes our weaknesses and, and our shortcomings, and we all have weaknesses and shortcomings. And it can, can be like a floodlight, like a glaring light, and it makes us feel anxious and defensive. Um, so any letter you get in the mail with an official government seal on it is a correcting power, usually the IRS, the city of Chicago, the state of Illinois, unpaid taxes, unpaid parking ticket, you went a little too fast in that zone, and now a correcting power is exposing you and your weaknesses. Or maybe it's a, a negative Yelp review from a paying customer of yours. Or perhaps it's a test score, the test scores come in, your test scores, or your students' test scores, or your department's scores. The numbers come in. Or maybe the correcting power is a, is a parent who catches you texting your friends instead of doing your homework. 
or potentially if the correcting power is a boss that's like, it's time for your annual review, we need to have a meeting. I need to cancel, you need to cancel all your appointments tomorrow, we're going to have a special meeting tomorrow. It's like, ah, the light shines in the darkness. Yeah, we have a problem here. Apparently you didn't put a cover sheet on one of your TPS reports. <laughs> okay? Yeah. So when a, when a correcting power gets close, it can really feel like we're getting deconstructed, doesn't it? And, and, and exposing, exposing our flaws. So what do we do? We get really good at avoiding detection. We get really good at avoiding the correcting power. We figure out where the speed traps are. We give our friends tips on where they are. Or um, we, if that doesn't work, we get defensive and we react. We lawyer up, as it were, figuratively um, uh, or, or, or literally. Um, in any case, distrust and animosity can build between us and the correcting power and build and build on itself. So animosity builds up and then we react and then the correcting power reacts even more and then we react even more and the cycle gets worse. And in that environment, true justice is actually very difficult because there's no trust and there's no connection. There's a different approach to power that turns this whole dynamic on its head. It's a different approach to power that diffuses the tension. It brings joy and it brings true justice. It takes the sting and the shame out of correction. It's a type of power that leaves you whole instead of a type of power that leaves you feeling deconstructed and fragmented and discouraged. It's, it's, it's not discouraging. It's a very hope-giving, hopeful kind of power. And rather than wanting to avoid it, you actually want more of it. You come away from interactions with this kind of power and you're like, when can I get that again? That was so joyful. If, if this type of power and this type of leadership took root in, in our city and in our, in, our, in our families and in our workplaces, I think we would see real justice take root in, in a new way than we've seen before. And, and it's right here in this final reading. This type of power is right here in our final reading, and it's so subtle, we might miss it. But it's important that we don't miss it, because it's at the, it's, it's at the heart of healthy leadership. It's at the heart of the Christmas story. And it is, really, it's the starting point to a vibrant relationship with a loving God. Look with me in verse 14. The word was made flesh and dwelt among us. Let's just stop there. This is all we're going to look at today. The word was made flesh and dwelt among us. In other words, Jesus, who, who came from God, um, who himself is God, who came to enlighten the world, he did so by sharing our experience. So he did not come first as a correcting power. That wasn't his angle. That wasn't his approach. Correcting power, exposing the, the floodlights shining in your face. Jesus' power was much different. It was the type of power that takes on your perspective, that takes on your skin, that takes on your suffering, that figures out through experience what it's like to be you. This is not, first and foremost, a cor correcting power. This is, first and foremost... A connecting power. 
that seeks to know your experience and your suffering and your story. Have you ever lost someone that you loved and, and you cried so hard out of grief you, you wondered if you would ever not grieve again? Jesus lost friends like that. He, he wept really hard because he, even though he was God, he lived as a human being with skin on and he grew attachments with people and when they died or when they were killed, he wept and he grieved. Have you ever been hungry? Have you ever gone without basic essentials in your life? Jesus went for 40 days without eating, and he was hungry. He was hungry like only a human being can be hungry. Have you ever been misunderstood, falsely accused? You did something kind. You did something out of good intentions. Those intentions were turned against you, and you were cast in a bad light. This happened to Jesus for three straight years. His love was often misinterpreted and, and then turned against him. Even more so, we think about people who experience injustice like Eric Garner and Michael Brown in our day. You know, Jesus was an a, uh, ethnic minority, and he suffered an unjust death at the hands of the state. And the state was never held accountable for it. Jesus knows our experience because he, he took on our flesh. And this is such a different type of power than the correcting power. And we all need help. We all need some correction in our life. He took on something very different, which was a connecting power. And we really need to stop and ponder this because when we realize that God's intention is not to deconstruct us, he doesn't come to deconstruct us. He comes to forgive us. He comes to share our life so that we could share his life. Jesus' intention this whole time was, when he was shining the light in the darkness, it was not to shame us. It was actually to bring us into the heart of God. He wanted us to know what that was like. He wanted us to know the joy of being with God and being one with God and knowing God's love and knowing God's power. And that's what connecting love does. Connecting love enters into the experience of someone else for the purpose of bringing them life not deconstructing them, but building them up. And that is what Jesus does. And that's what Christmas highlights. So I experienced this type of love, this type of connecting power, actually from that cop that pulled me over. Because he, he came to the window, and one of the first things he did is he shone his flashlight in the back. And he goes, I can see you have a lot on your mind right now. And he said, there's a lot of illegal drugs coming out of Chicago. I needed to pull you over. And you were also speeding. But I can see you have a lot on your mind right now. And you know what? I'm not going to give you a ticket. But if you speed again, you will get a ticket. And please be careful. Please be safe. I experienced from his presence and his approach a sense that he wanted to understand what it was like to be a dad of four kids driving at whenever it was at night. And he had both compassion, but he also carried justice. He wanted justice to be done. And justice and mercy mingled together because of his connecting power. I actually was deeply blessed by my interaction with him. No matter what you believe about God, you can experiment with this. If you want to know whether or not the claims of Jesus are true, one of the ways that you can go about testing that is by experimenting what it's like to follow him. And you can do that this week. Here's the experiment. Keep your programs. Bring it home. 
take out this text or one of the other readings from the day and read over it and reflect on Jesus' connecting power, the fact that he would bring a government and justice by taking on our experience first. And then ask him to show you a way that you can do that in your own life in that day. The, the people that are affected by your power, the people that are impacted by your power. And we all have people that are officially or unofficially impacted by our power every single day. And so you could do this through conversation. Approach people with a connecting power. What is it like to work in this department? Just asking that question. What is it like to be on the other end of the counter? Or what is it like to be on the other end of me? And just asking that question, letting a conversation flow from there. That's one way to follow Jesus and approach people with a connecting power. Or you can do this through experience. You could seek someone else's experience just to feel what they're feeling and experience what they're experiencing. When we were in D.C., I decided impromptu to visit a church where I was not known. And I wanted to know what, I, first I wanted to learn from this church, I'd heard good things about them. But I also just, you know, I wanted to see what it was like. And so I walked in and I didn't expect to have this thought, but I had this thought. And maybe you've had this thought, which is, does anyone care that I'm here? Does anyone care that I'm here? And I remember really feeling that strongly as a first-time visitor, no one knew me. Maybe you felt that at Emmanuel. Does anyone care that I'm here? First of all, let me say we absolutely do care that you're here. We would love another opportunity to show that. <laughs> so if you don't feel it this Sunday, come back another Sunday. You could do this too in your own life. What is it like to have the experience of other people in your life that you want to impact. You could do it through a meal. You could go over to somebody's house and just eat at their table. It's a very simple way to approach someone with connecting power. Ask Jesus to lead you into these opportunities and then ask him to show himself to you as you try them. Ask him to show you his connecting power towards you as you try these things. Can you imagine what it would be like if we all did this? Can you imagine what it would be like if we began to practice this as a way of life as a church? How would this transform our decisions? How would it impact our decisions that we make? How would it transform antagonistic relationships that we all have to deal with? Or how different would our city be? How different would our schools be? How different would our businesses be if we all practice this connecting power? This is the way of Jesus, and this is the light that shines in the darkness. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.